I Hurt is a podcast for all young people who have been wounded in their heart, in their relationship with God, in their body or in reputation. I Hurt is for those who daily, often silently, cry, I hurt, but feel unheard. You aren't. I Hurt stands on the truth that Jesus Christ loves you and God your Father grieves deeply over what has been done or said to or about you. I Hurt is about God first, then about us. We believe God too cries, I hurt. Not only over the things done to us, but he equally hurts over the things done by us that hurt others and hurt him. Well, welcome everyone to this edition. Is it a podcast or an episode? What do we call these things? Podcast episode. Podcast episode. Oh, this is a number three. Number three, I no. think. Well, number four that's on air, but the first one didn't really count. It wasn't an interview. So it's three and a half. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, and as usual, my co-host is Jody. And hey. we haven't actually seen really each other in a couple of weeks, right? Right, because Brad jetted off to sunny Florida and yes. now came back with a tan and all rest. <laughs> All well rested. Yes, and I brought you back a gift. A t-shirt and yes. some chocolate. Yes, and if you'll notice, I'm wearing the same t-shirt in a little bit different color. <laughs> but one of the things that really scared us is we did not want people to tune in and see us dressing alike. Would you agree? <laughs> well, if you're listening, it doesn't matter. So yes. if you want to see the t-shirt, hop onto YouTube. Yes. So, but I just said, I want to clarify that for people that are watching it, that we don't normally dress alike. Okay. So, <laughs> anyway, so, but these shirts, the reason we're wearing them is there's a story behind it. Okay. When I was down in Florida, uh, we had a great two weeks, but when we got to the end of the trip, I got a phone call and uh, a really dear girl who actually lived with Robin for a while, her 27 year old son died mm. and it was mm. a tragic situation and it wasn't only the fact that he died, but this family has been through so many crises and so many deaths. And it really just shook me. And here I am in the last couple of days of my vacation. And um, we just went out and took a walk in the sun thinking we could relax. And Robin saw this shop called doxology. Well, a doxology, you know, is a word for a liturgical praise. Mm -hmm. So we go, well, it's probably some clever, clever shop name or whatever. Well, anyway, we walk in and this lady has this fantastic faith-based store that really appeals to the secular world. And in the very center of her store, there was a prayer chapel and it had hundreds and hundreds of cards with little white strings hanging them up on hooks. And anyone that comes into the store, the owner named Christy would pull aside and say, how can we pray for you? And so mm -hmm. they get the request and they hang it in this room. And then they would actually go in and pray for these people if they wanted prayer. But then she would take these cards home and her mom, who um, she's not an invalid, but she's kind of restricted because of age, because of movement. She takes every one of the prayer requests. She holds it against her heart and she prays for those prayer requests. Wow. And you got to remember now, I'm just really struggling emotionally and, and trying to get my thoughts together for the funeral. So we go in there and her and Robin pulled me aside and sat me down. And we had like a 25 minute prayer meeting um, during store hours. 
And the funny thing was, is people kept coming up asking her questions about stuff in the store. She would say, wait a minute, wait a minute. And when we were done, I go, you're a really good prayer, but you're a terrible salesperson because <laughs> she was more concerned about ministering to us. So if you're ever in Winter Garden, Florida, there's a store called Doxology. It's a great store. And the owner's name is Christy. And I, it, it was literally like having an angelic experience. She just brought such peace to my heart and really helped me just get ready to come home and, and to, uh, to do the funeral. So uh, Christy, I know you're going to be watching this. So we really appreciate uh, the time you spent with Robin and I. All right, enough about that. Uh, we have a guest with us today. And I don't really know, Donette, how to introduce you. Um, <laughs> I, I can say I got to know you when you were a teenager, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. And um, you used to be involved in our leadership team. You did some intern work at Pure for God, went to England with us three times, four times. Yeah. 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 And um, I always loved Donette because Donette was always Donette. And she she wasn't shy. She would uh, say snarky things. But if there was something to do on a spiritual level, you were always one of the first people that kind of jumped in. And um, that's how I got to know you. So my first impression of you was a girl who loved the Lord, was mm. serious about your faith. You seem to always have a little yeah. bit of a serious yeah. attitude. Is that right? Yeah. Did that Completely. ever get you in trouble? Um, I mean, I, 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 before we get into the story, I, I was always grateful for that. Because I remember, like, in the teen years, whenever, like, we went to a youth rally or an event and there's a call of salvation, even though I had to make that decision prior, I was like, yes, Lord, like, I'm yours, I'm yours, like, every single time. And so I think that seriousness was kind of built in a long time ago. Yeah. And I think it was a good thing, because when you're going to have an opportunity in just a few minutes to tell your story, I think that kind of like bedrock type of faith that you had. Yeah really took you through a horrible episode. So yeah. um, when I first um, was thinking about doing this podcast and I put a list of people that I knew that had gone through tremendous hurt um, and had come out the other side loving Jesus, mm -hmm. but not only loving Jesus, but living life. Donette, yours was the first name on the list. And I Aww. hope you know that I do love you and I admire you and I mm -hmm. admire you in your faith. And I know... It isn't all about you, but you always yeah. were an encouragement to me of somebody who could face probably one of the worst circumstances a young person could face, and yet you allowed Christ to go through that with you. So sure. um, do you want to go ahead and give a, just a brief overview of your story during those teenage years? Yeah, sure. So my, when we moved to town, my neighbors invited my family to church. And my parents like, oh, no, no, thank you, no, thank you. But here, you can you can take our girls. Um, <laughs> which I think had to be the Lord intervening from the get-go, because why else? That would never happen in today's day and age. Um, so my neighbors did. They faithfully took me to church every Sunday, every youth event, every choir practice, every church picnic. And I got to know the Lord and make a salvation decision when I was just eight years old. Mm. And... Um, uh, my siblings did not, so their interest for church sort of waned at that point, but not me. Like, I, I loved getting together with all of these believers and learning about my God just week after week, um, and I was very, very grateful for that. And again, like I said, in those teen years, 
my heart was always, yes, Lord, yes, you know. So then came, I'm 16 years old. I get off the school bus with my younger siblings and the driveway is full of police cars and ambulance. Um, moments prior to that, my father had decided to end his life. And not just, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna end existing, but I really want to make sure this work and use multiple methods to make sure that he died. Um, so that was hard. Months leading up to that, I know that he struggled mentally. He had spent weeks in an institution. He had been on different medications. Um, as a 16 year old, you're pretty self-absorbed in your own world. So it's not like that was something I really was focused in on at the point. I just realized it was happening. Um, so following that, that was pretty rough because with suicide, it's not like a heart attack or a car accident. Like he chose to leave and not like, I'm going to get a divorce and leave the family and I'm going to ditch you as in like, I want out of here so bad. I'm going to choose to leave yeah um so there's a lot of shame with that i mean people look at you differently they want to know what went wrong like and so you your thoughts yourself start to go to a dark place like why did he leave me what's wrong with me what's wrong with our family what could have been done differently and and that pain and that hurt and that darkness can get overwhelming very quickly um so our, our family sort of limped through that year following his death. Um, and then it was about a year later that my mom really struggled. She reached a point where she just couldn't deal with that hurt anymore. And her solution um, was to tap out as well. Mm. Fortunately, again, like all these little details, I just see the Lord's hand at work um she had mentioned something to somebody so again we get off the school bus and there's all these police there and they're there for my mom they want to take her in to get some help um our neighbors <laughs> took care of us um and i just remember thinking like lord what what is wrong with me um is this what my life is going to be like? That no, no matter who comes in, I'm going to lose them. There's going to be pain. Like, I don't understand. Like, when, when you're a kid, the world is big and bad and scary. And where's your safe haven? It's at home. And who is supposed to protect you above all else? Your mom and dad. Right. And now mom and dad don't want you, don't want your home, don't want to continue on. Like, it, it's hard. So I just, I, I cried out to God. I was like, what, what is my life going to be like? Do I need to prepare that I'm going to be alone? Because at this point, I mean, <laughs> it's pretty lonely. Hmm. And I remember reading Hebrews 13, 5. God said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So that we may boldly say to the Lord is my helper. I will not fear because what can man do to me? I asked and God answered me. 
I knew from that point on, it didn't matter who came or who went because God would never leave me. And I made that conscious decision at that point to cling to him with everything I had. Um, She eventually got some help. We got rejoined together. Um, And I've just cried out to God every the rest of my life since then. Um, he, he taught me that not only is he a mighty, great God, he is a loving God, and he was a good dad. Mm. You know, you think about the things that, like, what is a dad supposed to be? What's a good dad? He's he's a protector. He He's a provider. He's affectionate. You know, all those things that I didn't have, I had absolutely no possibility of obtaining from a human point of view god gave me to him you're like oh well how how can that be like that sounds nice but like practically how could that be well when we got off that school bus the lord decided to protect us from finding him by having our neighbors find him about 10 minutes prior Mm -hmm. and so that trauma never took place when they insisted that my mom come with them and we had nowhere to go, the the next step in protocol is you go to foster care until a family member or legal guardian can be made appointed. And instead of doing that, they allowed our neighbors to take us in for a couple of days until we had our, our aunt and uncle take us. Like we didn't have the trauma of them going to be separated or in a stranger's home. And so the Lord protected, um, he provided, you know, you're 16, 17, all of a sudden you're, you, you have all this pressure and responsibility for your family, for your household, that is just an utter rack. And yet you're supposed to be anticipating and planning for your future and, and college. And what are you going to do with your life? And where are you going to go? And what are you going to be? And he provided those things. He provided financially, he provided good friends. He provided me with the confidence that his word was true, that the promises throughout scripture, that he is a father to the fatherless, um, like in Jeremiah, that he has good plans for my life. Um, He provided. And and through those, he also provided the affection. Um, He provided people such as Brad that would come along and and pray and um, just continuing to feed that truth from God's word that this is who God is. He's a mighty great God. Hmm. And even though you hurt, even though you are alone, God will never leave me. You know, and, Donna, yeah. one of the things that you said to me a while back, which just made me cry, mm-hmm. is one of the things that you wondered was is that if you could ever have a happy family. Yeah. Remember that? I do. Could you elaborate a little bit on that and just kind of? Well, if you think about your own experience as a child and the idea of, you know, being a mother and a wife and a parent someday, like I could not, I couldn't envision it. You know, there was no beautiful picture drawn from my experience that I could portray and that goes back to the what is my life going to be like what is this going to look like Lord Mm -hmm. um part of the problem is when 
you hurt so badly and everything is stripped or taken away from you, it's hard to see what's on the other end. So if you're interviewing me as a 16, 17, 18 year old, it's gonna be very different than now where I have seen time after time after time, God provide, God be faithful, God be kind, God is true. And after seeing years of that, mind you, that's still just, you know, minuscule on the scale of who he is. I got to not only witness, but experience a fan that God created. Um, he brought a man into my life who I knew was the man for me because he loved his God and he knew that God cared for individuals. And as such, that compelled his life to care for individuals, for the unsaved and for Christians. Hmm. Um, I, I will catch myself today, like just marveling sometimes. <laughs> I mean, like there's a lot of moments throughout the day that are very hectic. There's a lot of coaching and teaching and disciplining and uh, training that's taking place. But I will catch myself just watching these four kids and just in awe. They're just enjoying life. Or, or, or I, I'll eavesdrop as, as Rick is reading to them from the Bible or reading missionary letters to them. And I'm just in awe because I could never have created circumstances for this to be the case. I know that God had to have designed the family that I get to experience now. Mm -hmm. And I, I feel like the word grateful just isn't a big enough word to describe it. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. I, I think it's great and so encouraging that you're able to sit and talk about hindsight in a way of like the hopelessness you felt as a 16, 17 year old. And then now seeing wow god did carry me god is true he is real he didn't forsake me he did protect me because i think when when traumatic stuff like that happens to you as a teenager the the darkness could swallow you whole and there's very much like you mentioned being lonely um how i guess quick is the word but like what was your journey from going rock bottom to I'm trusting in God. How did he pull you out? Was it quick? Was it slow? Was it somewhere in the middle? Did it involve youth group? Did it involve significant people? Or was it very much just you and the Lord in your bedroom? It was very much that, that moment where I cried out and said, you know, what's going to, what is this going to be? Who's going to leave me? And he answered me. And, um, it's easy to have a response from the Lord. I feel like, and then as time passes on, sort of forget that truth, sort of forget what he had revealed of himself. And I think in order to make sure that that didn't happen, he really did bring people into my life and, and a church family and uh, pure for God ministry and friends that I was able to surround myself that continued to speak what God's word had to say. Um, you know, like if you go off to camp and the spirit moves and you make a decision, you go home and then life is life again. Yeah. It was almost like the Lord didn't allow that to be the case. There was always a reminder. There was always somebody to talk to, to pray with, 
to knock on their door. I mean, I'm pretty sure there were a dozen times I did that to Brad and Robin. <laughs> and I was always greeted with open arms and food and a time of prayer. Um, I don't know what I would have been like or what I could have fallen into if I didn't have those people that got surrounded me with. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's very easy with that amount of hurt to turn to anything and everything to help make it go away. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, and that's just another one of the connections, I feel like. Yeah. You, you done that. I don't know if this is the right word, but you had a fight to you. Um, you know, I remember we came over, you, you called us or someone called us, you know, on, on the day everything happened with your dad and we came over and saw you. And I don't think I've ever walked into an emptier house. Okay. Mm. But I stopped by to see you at your house, you know, maybe a year and a half ago. And I have never been in a funner, more life-filled house than your house. You know, your yeah. kids are joyful you yeah. even told me that day how much you appreciate and love each day and each one of your kids. It's just like you have a special perspective, I think, on being a mom and being a parent and having mm -hmm. a good husband. Um, but during that um, season, is fight the right word? Because, I mean, you still went on missions trips with us. You still came out the things you know not immediately of course but you, yeah. you know what i mean you kept fighting and kept pushing forward is that the right word i think so um i'm sure part of it was i think there was fear of what would happen if i didn't pursue god um i i watched struggle through this and not understand how this could happen and even though I didn't have an answer for her my I, I had a God who was with me and um I I always wanted see like when when people meet me even today I don't want them to hear this story and pity me all of this poor girl all of this poor thing I want them to know who God is and what God did through this circumstance um, and, and the perspective or the response is usually different in that yeah. scenario. Mm -hmm. I think fight's a good word. I'm still pretty fighty. Yeah. <laughs> the rest of the household. Well, you know, I remember like you being on a missions trip with us and just having nightmares, you know, and yeah. you had a long time you couldn't sleep. And I remember us praying over you at Red Hill, actually, yeah. I think it was. And we just prayed over her and the Lord gave her a good night's sleep that night. And I just remember the testimony of just the power of friends coming around you and having a group around you that would just say, just Lord, please let her just have a good night's sleep tonight. And it was just amazing to see God provide those things for you. You know, you had some good friends. Um, you received ministry as broken as you were. You know, and one of the things, Donette, when we have a program talking about hurt, uh, some people get so deeply hurt, they can't or won't let people in. Yeah. Right? Did you ever go through a time like that? Um, I'm not, it's not, nothing's coming to mind. I think I was so desperate for love. 
um, the two people in your life that are supposed to be your root source of love didn't. And I, and so instead of family, the Lord was like, you know what? I want you to know that I love you and I'm going to show you that through friends. Yeah. Um, and he put people beside me that I could talk to that would offer encouraging words that would offer prayer. And you're right. Like I, I remember that at Red Hill. Red Hill is very special. But when you pray, even when it's just a matter of help me sleep <laughs> mm-hmm. and God responds to you, how do you walk away not knowing that he heard you? Like, it's not coincidental. The things that God does and the way that he answers our prayer requests are so personalized. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so to the individual, I don't know how you don't recognize that he is God. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure that he did that um, just for my benefit so that I wouldn't forget. And- um, now, there's certain moments where you struggle, you know, like I need to make a practical life decision, Lord. Uh, what's the answer? And you have to wait and you don't know. And it's hard. It, those moments don't go away. But the moments of here, I'm going to give you sleep. I'm going to take care of you. I want you to know that you're my daughter. Um, like in Romans, where it talks about not a spirit of fear, but a spirit of adoption by which we cry, Abba, Father. Like I knew that's who he was. I knew that. And And, and if I doubted it, he would demonstrate it to me. <laughs> yeah. I think your story is so powerful because you're not the only person that's faced fatherlessness. And there are yeah. so many people, especially these current generations, like they've, they've been named the fatherless generation. And I've become aware of a few situations recently of teens with either absent fathers, fathers that have passed away, fathers that have done horrible things. And I've been talking to them about like God being father and said, is this a difficult subject because your only picture of a father is one that left or one that doesn't exist or one that has hurt you. And I know sometimes the answer is yes to that question and that yes, it can be hard to relate to God as father, but actually I've been talking to these teens and now you too, where you've said, no, God was the perfect father and God kept proving to me that he was there and that he was never going to let me down. And I think that people need to hear that today is that if your father has passed away or your father is absent, that God is the one that steps in always, even if you have a good dad, that they were never perfect. And so God is the one that's saying, I'm perfect. I'm here. You're my daughter. He can't take responsibility for the actions of other people that hurt us. But what he does is he steps in and starts doing things like protecting you from um, having to walk in and finding your dad, protecting you, providing other people in your life, all those things. Um, yeah. Yeah, because you didn't really have personally a great model of a father, but you fell in love with God the father like he kind of just fell into his arms. You know what I yeah. mean? There was a trust level there. And whenever, Donette, I think of you and I think of your story, I don't know why. I can't explain it. God's grace fell on you Mm. and protected you and guided you and kept you soft towards him and close towards him. 
I never once remember coming over to your house where I walked away from there feeling like, oh, I don't know if she's going to make it or, you know, man, I, I always walked out of there sensing that you were moving ahead, that God was with you, that this wasn't, um, you know, a, a perceived calamity that you would never recover from. You were a hurt, broken girl. But I just, I saw from, and I don't think I recognized it at the time, your father was with you. Your heavenly father was with you. And he was the one that was helping you put one foot in front of another. He was helping you be the big sister. You know, he was helping you pursue college and a career and the desire to have a, a good marriage. And so, you know, with, with the word grace, did you feel the grace of God during that time? Oh, wholeheartedly. Like there, there's no way I could wake up either on a daily basis or year after year and muster any sort of strength to walk that journey. Mm -hmm. Like there's no part of me and my, and my human humanness that would allow that to happen. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I had to be carried by God. Um, I think if, if this was something that I tried to walk through of my own, like, I'm going to be strong, I'm going to be okay, I, I, I would have fallen to the wayside. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. it, it's true, though, there are experiences in life where you project your experience onto who God is, mm -hmm. whether it's a dad that has failed you, um, whether it's a church that has failed you, whether it's a spouse that has failed you, people take those experiences and decide that that's representative of who that is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and that could have very easily have been the case. Um, I think one of the things that God was kind to me about was spending time in his word. Mm -hmm. These are answers to prayers and promises that I knew this is a God who I understood to be my heavenly father, be, not because of an experience or because of someone emulating this, but because of what the word said. And, and I made a choice to believe it. And as a result, my days are what they are because he was blessed. Hmm. Um, hmm. I think for those that are struggling with the hurt that they feel and you don't see the light because it's so dark and it's so scary, and you're so alone, that when you open up the scripture and you read it, there starts to be light. And um, there are countless verses that are underlined in my Bible that I know God was kind enough to allow me to read in those moments of struggling so that I would know who he is, and it wouldn't be of my own strength to walk through the next day. Donette, uh, you were 16, right? When your dad passed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If you walked into a room and, and had to sit down with a young person that had tragically lost their dad or their mom or someone, you know, that they were intimately close with, and you had a few minutes just to be able to, to share with them, do you have any idea what you would say? I would want them to understand that Jesus is kind and loving. And in those moments where we grieve and we hurt, 
he grieves and hurts too. He feels our pain. Why else would Jesus weep when Lazarus died, knowing that he was going to raise him from the dead? Yeah. If he did not feel what they felt in their grief. Mm-hmm. And I think the first thing someone who is hurt needs to understand is that God cares. He loves you. He cares that you hurt. He hurts with you. But to understand that and then to understand more who God is, I would want them to fill their mind and their heart with truth. And not the truth that is talked about today, (laughs) but the truth that is in the Bible. I can't walk closely with God. I can't call him Abba Father if I don't know that he is that. And the only way I know that that is who he is and that is the truth of him is because I read it in the Bible. Yeah. Um, so that's sort of like building off of, you know, these, these steps of process of starting to climb out of the hole. You have to know that he hurts and he loves you. You have to put in your mind and your heart truth. You have to surround yourself with people who will speak what God has to say that will pray with you. And then I, I think lastly, when we hurt, I think we have to serve others. You mentioned England. And I, looking back, it seems like the timeline the Lord also had a hand in. Because a month after my dad died, I was on a flight to England to serve people. Wow, I didn't realize it was that soon. Oh, I remember. Wow. I could have been a ball of mess, sobbing in my room day after day, just aching. But instead, I was doing like, VBS for these little kids and their cute little British accents who didn't know who got it. <laughs> I have two of those kids. <laughs> She's got a cute little British accent too. So, oh, thanks. <laughs> you know, like I was painting a barn. Like I was talking to kids in the park about Jesus. I I had an opportunity to take the hurt that and pain that I felt and serve others. Mm. And I think that those years in England helped me to understand that. And even today, I mean, there are, there are moments today, life is life, things happen, people disappoint you, you are discouraged, maybe feel isolated for a while, you haven't gotten out. And sometimes I catch myself with those feelings and go, okay, Lord, how can I serve my family today? What could I do to serve? Is there somebody in my church that needs a meal? Uh, I'm going to go next door and invite myself over with a baked good. Is there someone I can serve because I'm hurting right now? Because mm-hmm. truth be told, everybody hurts in this world. Mm-hmm. And um, if I can, I can give them a moment to pause and say, God is with you. Um, then I'm going to do that. Yeah, one of the premises done out of our program is that hurt hurts. And whether it's the death of a parent, whether it's an abusive relationship, whether it's hurt by the church, whatever it is, that pain is something that we all have in common. And as believers, we can actually find a place of community there and find a place of understanding. Um, We believe that we hurt. And as you said, we also believe that God hurts along with us. And if you just sit in your hurt and you're not involved with other people, 
that can share in that hurt. And if you're not letting God in, you'll be miserable and alone. Mm -hmm. And that fear and that loneliness um, won't go away. It'll, it might ebb and flow a little bit, but it's only through your relationship with God, his word and or his people those are the things that can begin to help you come out of that hurt and then actually even find purpose and use from that hurt. Your hurt has enabled you to be sympathetic yeah. to so many people, I'm sure, in the mm -hmm. years subsequent. Well, so. and it, it helps you kind of see the reality of God in the bigger yeah. picture. Oh. Um, just when we got, well, while you were in Florida, I remember messaging you and you said, how are you? And I messaged Brad back just saying, I hurt. And I was going through, th through some things. And that yeah. week I did a lot of crying and I was in pain. And we chuckled to ourselves because although, okay, we, I was facing some hard stuff, the, the fact that I was able to say, I hurt and that we're doing this podcast, we were like, oh, it's funny that God would bring about some stuff that needed healing in my own life that would mm. take me a bit to rock bottom that I was then say, I hurt. And then I had ministry to do and I have two little boys to take care of. And then I've looked back this past week, we did um, some girls ministry stuff and I got to the end of the night and I thought there's no way I would have done that. I couldn't have done that out of my own pain, but God stepped in and God reached those girls and God ministered through us mm. in spite of the hurt that we felt. And it just gives you this perspective and it stops the self-pity and it stops the loneliness because you think, wow, God cares about me and he cares about these girls enough to use me in spite of me. Yeah. And he just continues on with his plan and his purposes. And we, all we have to do is say, I'm yours and I love you and use me. You know, it's, yes. it's each podcast, uh, we share an attribute of God. Um, if you know, pure for God ministries, Dawnette is part of our ministry, learned attributes of God, Jody and our teachings in England here in the States. Mm -hmm. I always want young people like Donette, you said, to know their father and not just that he loves them, but there are other parts of yeah. God you need to get to know too. And today was his omnipotence. You know, that's a theological mm. word, but it just basically means that God has infinite power and that yeah. he can do and has the ability to do anything he wants to. And if we perceive it as difficult or impossible, that doesn't mean anything to God because nothing is difficult or impossible to him. And so as I was thinking of what you were sharing, you did not only feel the love of God, but you sensed his power too, right? I mean, his ability oh, yeah. to, to do things. Um, it's funny you talk about all powerful. Um, there's a life circumstance recently that we were praying for a young individual. And again, the Lord <laughs> decided to answer that prayer with a yes. And I was reading Psalms about how great and mighty is our Lord. And so literally for like the past two, three weeks, I've been just around the house, especially when the kids are out. Cause I, I mean, you have to embarrass your children when you're a parent, like that's right. And I'm just <laughs> belting out great and mighty is the Lord, our God, and just singing it over and over mm. um, because he is. And I remember learning, this was kind of cool. You know, you learn that God is all powerful and you learn that God is all love. And when we think of that in our human brains, we kind of think of like a scale, like one attribute overrules the other or one's more predominant than the other because that's how it is for us, right? 
but that's not how it is for God. He is all powerful. At the same time, he is all loving. Can I comprehend that? No. Is it amazing? Yes. <laughs> um, but he is, he's, he's very mighty. Um, he cares about the details. I, I wasn't sure I was going to share this, but I, I, I feel led to. So you guys had on Maria last week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Love Maria. She told us this story to a bunch of girls. Um, I remember being in one of the girls' apartment, you know, you're 17 or 18, you're listening to this woman tell this story. She was very excited. She was able to buy her first car. Like, you know, outright. Like, she's buying a new car. She gets to pick all the bells and whistles. Um, this isn't a hand-me-down. This isn't a used car. And she had like, this mile-long list. Um, somebody who worked for Ford said to her, hey, I can get you a friend and family discount. She's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So she gives them this list of what she wants, you know, the make, the model, the color, you know, the transmission, everything. And he kind of laughs, like, you're not going to get to someone's vehicle. That's like, just not how they're made. You know, they come this way or they come that way. And this is the standard and blah, blah, blah. She's like, oh, okay, sure. Yeah, okay. Goes down to the dealership with her list. And they're like, oh, yeah, I know. Like, we, we don't have any, I'm not even sure we manufacture things like that. Like, you're going to have to have this installed and that installed if you really want to get the list with everything that you want on it. And she said she was standing at the front door and somebody had driven the vehicle that make a mile that she was looking for right in front. She goes, huh, that kind of looks like what I was asking for. And she went through. And I don't know how, other than the Lord was like, I'm going to do this. Every single item that she had listed as a priority and every single item that was like a wish item was in this vehicle. Mm -hmm. Now this is silly because this is just a vehicle, right? So we're listening to this story. We're all deeply enthralled in everything she's telling. And then she looks at us and she says, if God can do that for my car, he can do that for your future, for your spouse, for your family. Mm. And I just, wow. Yes, that's amazing. Mm. And then to look around and see that the Lord has in fact done that. He has provided a spouse and a household that has every list of priority and preference and heart's desire that I could have imagined. Like that's not that's not just circumstance. That's just not willed into existence. God did that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll never forget that story. Wow, that's probably amazing. one of the great man I got. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we always close the program, Don, at having the guest pray, and. Um... You know, these podcasts I'm finding harder to do in some ways because I'm be learning of more hurt people, mm. you know, and, you know, it, I can always talk to you and um, I can talk to people I'm familiar with, but sometimes I'm not sure we're aware of who God's going to send this to and what their stories are. And I don't ever want this program to be something that we in any way diminish people's hurt or pain. And it's easy to do. It just is, you know, if, if, I I mean, I never had a father who killed himself, so I can't completely understand done at your pain, but I did. And I was there during that time. So I have an understanding, but I just want you to pray for people who are in that deep, dark pain right now and just pray a prayer, whatever God leads you to, um, over them. Okay. Okay. We are grateful. I'm grateful that I can call you that. 
and have somewhat of an inclination of what that means. Um, Lord, this world is a big, dark, scary world. It is a fallen world. It is a broken world. And yet, in spite of all of that, you sent your son for us. Mm. You sent your son to take away our sins. You sent your son to rescue us, not just for our eternal salvation, but to rescue us in our sin and to rescue us in our hurt. Lord, um, there are many people today that are walking around carrying hurt and heart pain and uncertainty who are lost and confused. Some would say damaged, no good, forgotten, but not to you, Lord. Those are individuals who you know, who you know by name, who you created, who you care for and love. And I pray that for whomever is listening, for whomever you put in our pathway, Lord, that they would know that truth. That they would know that there is a great and mighty, all-powerful God who loves and cares about them personally, who grieves over the pain that they feel no longer wants them to be lonely but to cry out to him and that they would know that lord when we do cry out to you you answer mm. not always the way we want certainly not always when we want but lord you answer us and i thank you for that and i praise you for that lord i thank you for the opportunity that brad and jody have to share the stories of people of how you have worked Lord, I pray for those that cannot see beyond the circumstances that they are in. For that 16-year-old self who could not see what the future would be, I pray that you would comfort them, that you would hold their hand, that just as you did mine, and walk with them step by step. Hear their cries. Provide for them, Lord, that they may know that you are near. Lord, I ask that you would also provide friends, church, neighbors, individuals, uh, environments that are going to read the Bible and pray and care for them. Mm -hmm. Lord, I pray that as a church of believers, we would do that for people. That you would help us to see beyond the hurt that we may be struggling with. That you help us to see beyond the day that we are walking in and see somebody with the eyes of Christ. Lord, help us to be a comfort and encouragement to those around us. Lord, we just thank you for how you have worked and how you have provided. Lord, God, you are faithful. You were faithful not to give up on me. You were faithful not to leave me. You were faithful to provide promises in your truth and answer them. I thank you for Brad and Robin and the years of ministry and the years of conversation and prayer that they have poured out over so many different individuals. And I thank you, Lord, that those prayers have not been in vain. Yes. I ask that you would encourage their hearts as they endeavor, and Joel and Joey's as well, as they endeavor to continue serving you, Lord. I pray that through our hurt, Lord, to the hurt of others, that we would become better servants. Mm -hmm. Lord, that we would do a good job serving you that our hearts would be compelled and eager to serve others for your name's sake. Mm. Lord, we have so much to be grateful for. We have so much to praise you for. Lord, you have been very good to us. Mm. We just want to give you all the honor. It's in Christ's name we pray.
Amen. Well, thank you, Donette. And just before we go, uh, there's an old friend of yours here. Oh. Yeah. And I think you'll recognize him. <gasps> no way. Yes, here he is. What's Hi, his name? Scraggs. That's right. So um, Scraggs and Donette are old friends. Okay. And... <laughs> we need to explain this for people that are listening and that can't see the video. Yes, I actually have my finger is up and my finger actually is a living the, entity. The, point, the pointer finger. The pointer up. finger. Yes. Thank you for clarifying that. <laughs> And uh, Donette and him have been friends for a long time, but that's another episode. So anyway, okay. so he wanted to say hi. Donette. Hi, my, my children. I regrettably also introduced them to Scraggs. <laughs> and he very often likes to make an appearance during church service. Oh, wonderful. Views. Yep. <laughs> yep. He likes to sigh and, and poke around and distract. So he's he's in a lot of trouble lately. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that's Scrag. So, um, and we also want to direct people to our Facebook and our Instagram, YouTube. Um, if there's something that Donnet has shared today, and you don't have anyone, then take like you don't have anyone to talk to. You don't have friends. You don't have the family that you can turn to. You maybe you're not in a church. Maybe there just it hasn't been a healthy church right now that you've been a part of. Take this podcast as your answer to prayer and email us or reach out on mm. social media and message us because we want to talk to you and we want to pray for you and we want to know your story. So if you feel like you're lonely right now, we're here and we want to to talk with you. So. Sure. And if there's any message you would want to encourage Dawn out with or you had a question for her, you could send that to us or and I know we could pass those along to you as well. So yeah. Anyway, uh, until next time, Donette, again, thank you. I love you. Thank You're you. as sweet as ever and as fun as You're ever and as alive as ever. And I thank you for that. And we just pray God will bless uh, this podcast to help some yes. people. So until next time, Brad and Jody saying, see Goodbye. you later. Bye.